Welcome to the Financial Advisors Edge Podcast, a show created by financial advisors for financial advisors. Are you ready for some straight talk about building and growing a financial services practice? Four advisors in different states at different firms that have each built $100 million plus practices from scratch the right way through hard work, doing the right thing, and having fun while doing it. It's time for you to get the edge. Here are your hosts, Brad Warhurt, Jeff Copeland, Jim Martin, and Greg Gonzalez. Hi, everybody. Welcome again to another episode of the Financial Advisors Edge podcast. I am here again with a full crew, Greg, Jim, and Brad. And we're going to talk today about the idea of adding value to your client relationships or providing value to your clients. Maybe that's the way we should put it. And, and I, I guess we'll we'll just kind of roundtable this as we normally would, but maybe just to kind of kick us off, um, uh, this is coming out of the, you know, we've all been to the presentations around this. And I feel like about mm, nine out of 10 times, the presentation is give your clients the Ritz-Carlton experience. Um, and it's almost become honestly a little bit cliche in my book these days. Um, and the more I've been thinking about it, you know, I don't think most of my clients stay at the Ritz Carlton and I don't know that they'd want the Ritz Carlton experience. So I want to hear, uh, do you, uh, let's start with Greg. Uh, do you think you give your clients a Ritz Carlton experience? And is that even your goal? Yeah, I've, uh, it's a great question. Uh, Jeff, I've heard, you know, that, you go to the Ritz Carlton or um what's it called now? Um it's not the Ritz Carlton anymore. It's the um you guys are killing me. Uh, no, I, I think, no I think it is, Ritz Carlton. is it still the Ritz Carlton? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um <laughs> well, you know, when you go there, don't they walk you go, okay, well, where's the pool? Well, you know, it's it's not down the hall. They yeah. walk you there. Uh, so, oh, it'd be I mean, my pleasure, that kind of thing, right? It's the the Chick-fil-A. Oh, it's not, you're welcome. It's my pleasure, that kind of thing. We've got the Ritz-Carlton, the Chick-fil-A in the same analogy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, I mean, it's it's like the service model, uh, that, that they're, the, the upscale service model. It's kind of like the wirehouse thing, right? That And so our, our firm is, you know, we're a small boutique firm. Uh, where we have less than a hundred clients, we I, I know everything about my clients. I know their kids' names. I, I have that recorded in the CRM. Uh, so when you have you know just a, a few clients, I, I guess they, they kind of feel like they really know you person to person. So getting back to your question in a roundabout way, it, 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 if no one has ever, none of my clients, I, I would say very few, have ever been to a Ritz Carlton. <laughs> first of all, and I guess the value that they're really looking for that we try to provide are helping them with the financial pain that they happen to have. Maybe they have a kid with a, you know, that is really con has some concerning issues like a drug problem, gambling problem, that kind of thing. And their big concern is, hey, what if something happens to us? Is our kid going to be, how is he going to manage that? And obviously there's a trust would be able to help in that regard. But I, I think, Jeff, kind of our value proposition, if you will, is kind of getting to the heart of the matter and really understanding people on a deep level. And, and they're telling us things that they wouldn't tell their best friend. And, and I think that's where we can be the, the, the biggest value. So Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And, and Brad, what do you think? I guess two questions. Do you 
or maybe three. Do your clients expect a Ritz Carlton experience? Do do you give it to them? And if if no, what what is your value proposition? Yeah, double no on that. And I, you know what I think? I, I'm sure there is a is a type of client out there that would would appreciate that type of experience. But my client base is more um, it's just regular people, and I, I think what they value is kind of along the lines of what Greg said, in that they they know that they can talk to me about anything, you know, it, not just their, not just their investment guy or not just their, you know, retirement guy, whatever. But I, I have people call me all the time about, you know, uh, you know, my kid just graduated uh, from college. Um, you know, can you talk to them about the things that just not even their 401k, but yes, their 401k, you know, the things that they should be doing as, as a newly minted college grad to, to get them on the right track. I mean, I've had actually speaking of college, I've had clients, I've had clients ask me to talk to their kids while they're in high school, thinking about what college they should go to. And, um, you know, and, and the one I'm thinking of was the client's daughter wanted to go to like some crazy private school for like education or something. And there are, you know, they wanted me to talk to her because they're hoping that she'd make a better decision and saying, you don't need a $250,000 degree to be a teacher. So I did it. It didn't work. Uh, but right. The, the parents are my client and they thought of me in that scenario to be able to talk to their daughter. And it's just like, um, I, I don't think that that's the Ritz Carlton experience because I think everyone knows when they go to a hotel like that, you know, it's fake. You know, it, it's nice, but it's fake. Um, whereas this is different. Yeah. And I think Greg was saying the same thing that, you know, your, your clients see you as a real person because you treat them like a real person. I think that's a huge, and you know what I, and we all know, and maybe we'll talk about it someday, you know, my outlook on where our value add is. And, you know, it's pretty common that investment management isn't it anymore. So I feel like the whole industry is kind of leaning on, on financial planning. Like if you have a 20 page deliverable um, now, all of a sudden you're protected from robo advisors or, or whoever. And, you know, I think that'll be short-lived also because technology is going to be, I mean, we're just using technology to plug numbers into a plan. Don't think that tech can't do that too. But as of right now, anyway, this type of experience is not something I don't think that technology can, can replace in the, in the near term. So um, I think it's a good place to be and a good value add. Jim, what do you think? Uh, what, what's your value proposition and, and how do you add value? That's probably the way I should yeah. put it. Yeah, no, I, I've stayed in a Ritz Carlton a bunch of times, um, mostly at conferences. Uh, you know, typically these broker dealers or places try to impress people by staying at Ritz Carlton's. I've never been really that impressed. I mean, it's nice, like it's nice, but it's not any better than the Marriott, generally speaking. Or, or a, so I, I think there's a lot to be learned about what they do, but I don't know that it translates well into our practices sometimes. So I, I think when you walk into a building, you walk into Ritz Carlton, you expect like. You expect it to be beautiful and you expect, you expect it to be clean and you expect the, um, you expect really at the end of the day to like the landscaping to be nice outside. And I think you can, you can apply some of that same logic to your business, but at ours, I, I, I identify with how Greg and how Brad ultimately deliver service. I think this is a really personalized field. I do think that um, our value proposition is really easy at our office. We preach speed equals trust. So ultimately, when you're delivering uh, service to people, you need to do it in a fast, fast-paced manner. 
Uh, you need to deliver personalized service. You, know, you need to you need to thank people. You know all the high touch stuff that everybody else delivers. But a Ritz Carlton experience. I mean, you know, I, I know people that like make cookies for their clients when they come in. But I can guarantee you that nobody's going to work with you because you made them a cookie. Now it makes them they like it. Hell, I like to get cookies when I go to a Double Tree. But if if I'm if I'm checking into a Double Tree or a a window, I don't really care. Whoever has the you know, it's convenient, has a nice price. It doesn't really, it doesn't build brand loyalty, I guess is my whole point. So take what you can, the good stuff from it, but no, I'm not, I'm not trying to deliver a Ritz Carlton experience. I'm trying to deliver an experience that probably exceeds that because to Brad's point, it's kind of fake, you know, my pleasure stuff. I mean, look, you go to Chick-fil-A, they're really nice. They're really great. They, they don't really care about you. They're, they're wait, they're worried about the next 70 cars behind them in line. Um, we really want to deliver personalized, high touch service that uh, that builds trust with our clients. I, I mean, Brad's laughing, but I think there's good merit in, in combining the two. We we like Chick Fil A because it's fast, it's efficient, and we get exactly what we expect. And actually, you know, you could say the same thing about McDonald's, but the product is a lot better than a McDonald's product. Um, but it, they're easy to work with. They make it easy. If there's an issue, they fix it right away. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, I like a Ritz Carlton too. But as in terms of my everyday experience, <laughs> the Chick Fil A one's probably the the more practical experience. Yeah, I wanted to piggyback on something that Brad said because I think that if, if all the listeners can can use what Brad's already doing, and and I'm certainly doing, and I know the two of you, Jeff and and Jim, are as well, but. What I found, and, and when I was young getting in the business, I, I didn't really understand, you know, I, I was coming out of college, I was a young bachelor, I didn't understand what was important to people, right? And still, you know, without kids, I, I, I kind of had a, I guess, a, a false narrative of what really people wanted, and, and what really was top of mind. And what I found over the years was, no matter how much of a loser their kid was, they love their kids. Their kids were like the, the, the most thing, the <laughs> thing that was the most important to them in life is their kids. You know, they want to talk about John and Sally and, and all that. So if you can help their kids, whether it's helping them, you know, with the FAFSA, helping them with, you know, uh, you know, job opportunities, anything like that, th that's going to mean more to them than anything else that you'll do. And Brad talked about a specific example, helping somebody's daughter out, a client's daughter. Um, if you do things like that to help their kids out and offer to help the kids out, man, um, <laughs> you, you are, <laughs> you're, you're going to be A plus in their book for a long, long time. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's, <laughs> I, I, I agree with actually, Greg, that's a, it's a, a fascinating point. I, I got off the phone. I had a, we do a, we do on Wednesdays. So we're recording this on a Wednesday. Wednesdays is a, a non office day for me, but I do a call block where anybody that's called in, that just needs a quick call. We do like a, we put a call block on there and we can put four people in a one hour call block. They're 15 minutes each. So one of the people I talked to earlier today um, their big question, they had some, they had some wonky questions about the market and some other things, but their biggest point was, Hey, my son wants to start a Roth IRA. Can you guys help him with that? We're not really the people to help him with it, but the answer to them is yes, we will help him with it. Now we might not work with him. We might not encourage him to start an account with us because we're not really equipped to have huge volumes, but we're going to help him set up an account at Fidelity or, 
T. Rowe Price or where, wherever they need to to accomplish his goals. And I think if you can help their kids, uh, to Greg's point, you're going to add a huge amount of value to people who are there. I guess the important thing is just whatever their trigger points are, whatever is important to your clients, that's where you add value. That's ultimately where you add that value and you you cement that relationship, in my opinion. And, and I think what you're talking about is accessibility, right, Jim? I mean, it, it's as though when people call your office, they know they're going to get a response in a reasonable period of time. Yeah, I mean, we're, that's that's a selling point, I think, for, for any independent advisor is the fact that they don't have to go through a call center tree. They have a live person that's going to answer their call, that's going to take care of them, and at least try to point them in the right direction. And you're not, and, and I would encourage people, don't do everything for your clients that they ask for. I mean, you, you should not be out researching exchange rates in, 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 the, in I don't know, in, in Costa Rica for your, your clients. Like they can go and do that themselves, but you might encourage them a, a credit card to use, or you might walk them down a path where you can help them a little bit on their problems. I would say, don't take on everything to add value because that'll, you won't be efficient at all, but be accessible to help them, especially when it comes to like little things, like helping somebody set up a, a, a Roth IRA. That's why we got into this business. I mean, if you went back, obviously we all wanted to make money and be successful, but you know, it's kind of fun to help people, you know, reach their goals financially. It's a, it's a cool thing. And we, for, sometimes you forget about that as you get successful, that you're really there to help people at the, at the end of the day. And that's, that's a fun thing to do. Well, and and what is even help people mean? You know, again, help them achieve financial goals is the the talking point. But isn't it really number one? Help them not blow themselves up by making stupid mistakes. Help them feel confident that they actually are in a good position. I mean, isn't it often the people with the the least the highest probability of success that often are the most nervous <laughs> about their well being? Yeah. I mean, isn't our job really to just reinforce why they can feel comfortable. What do you, Brad, what do you think? I mean, where, where do you fall on that? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, you know, I'm curious about something as we're talking about this. Um, how do you, and if so, how do you guys communicate this to someone when they're at the prospect stage or do you just let them experience it for themselves? Like, is it part of your initial value proposition when you're evaluating them and they're evaluating you, or is it just something that, sinks in with them over time. Are you talking about their financial well-being? Yeah, just the whole the whole um the whole value add, the whole this whole value add that we're talking about. Do you guys communicate that at the at the outset? As like a what to expect. Yeah. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, we we do we actually have a we have a sheet we've put together that walks them through what to expect the next 30, 60, 90 days and then on an ongoing basis which um, our goal is, and one of the, one of the points it, on there is that, um, they're not going to have to, they'll get a call back. So we talk about expectations. So if you call our office, uh, our, we're committed to, to following up with you that day, not two days from now, not a week from now, two days, you know, that day. So yeah, we do communicate it. We probably don't, to your point, like I'm thinking about it, as you said that we probably don't do as good a job at that as we should, because it's a real it's a real uh, differentiator between us and a, a big box store or a uh, you know a fidelity or and not to knock on fidelity to do a fine job but you yeah. know a, you know, a, a major a major brand out there and it's a little abstract to communicate and quantify I think yeah well and and so that's always our challenge is how do we take the abstract and make it concrete and so I, the answer to your question for me Brad is um, you know there's in our industry this what I call secret laboratory idea 
that you're going to collect information and then you have to go into a secret laboratory, uh, which is typically a lackey that you're paying or overpaying to enter that data into Money Guide Pro to come back with a 30-page financial plan. And so what I will do is I'll say, that's what the competition will probably tell you. Uh, you're 45 years old, you've got $500,000, which means you've got two 20-year periods before you're going to retire. So 500K will become a million and a million will become 2 million. So your 500K is going to be worth 2 million at 65 at 5%, that's 100 grand a year. Plus social security is 20 grand a year, 25 grand a year. So you're going to have 125 grand in income uh, at 65 based on what you have right now. That That's what the secret laboratory guys will take three weeks to get back to you with. I just told it to you in 30 seconds. <laughs> I like that. I, I, I don't do it specifically like that, but that's cool. I, I do something similar. Yeah, Greg, Greg, how do you, do, uh, to answer Brad's question, do you do something? You're on mute here before you answer. Do you do something to... Uh, try and show them some degree of value right at on day one? Yeah, I um, like like Jim, I, I put together something and, and I don't, um, it, it was the 50 things that that you can expect from, from a financial advisor. And so it's just a list of check marks, one through 50 of what a financial advisor will do. But but I think somebody said it, you know, really the, the value proposition that, you know, uh, an advisor, um, you know, an independent shop or, you know, even somebody captive, you've, you've got a single point of con. I tell people, Hey, I would be the single point of contact for all of your financial questions, right? I'm kind of like your fishing guide for anything pertaining to your financial life. Instead of calling one of these big financial firms, I'll leave it at that, you know, call this 800 number, press one for English, two for Spanish. You're going to get someone different every time. If you're lucky, you're not on hold for 15 minutes. And then you get, you know, Taylor who just graduated from college, like, you know, 18 months ago, they know nothing about your financial life and they're kind of just winging and they're limited based on the advice they can give you to begin with. So we're kind of like, you know, your financial advocate, I know I, I stole that term from Nick Murray, who knows everything about your financial situation and is there to guide you every step of the way. But but as far as answering Brad's question about like a list of things we offer, I need to get back to, to showing people that that list of 50 things. Because one of those things is, hey, talking to your kids, I know your your kids are the most important besides your, you know, yourselves. They, they might be even more important than yourselves. We can help them. We can help guide them. Maybe we're not opening up the Roth IRA, just like Jim talked about, but we can teach them and we can guide them. And and I think people not only want to make sure that they're taken care of, but they want to make sure their kids and grandkids are taken care of as well. Because I've, I've heard so many people, all of our clients will tell you, oh, I wish we would have started earlier. I'm telling my kids, oh, save as much as you can while you're, you know, but if if that's coming from me, the kids are good. The adult kids are going to take it differently than coming from mom or dad. So that's what I tell them, and um, that's part of the value proposition. Is hey, I'll, I'll help teach your kids and get your kids going. So I, I love what you said there. I just want to I want to underline it because I think it's really inter interesting. Um, I think we've all been in a situation where we've sat down with a prospect and they've said, "I just wish I would have met you sooner. I yeah. would I wish I would have met you five, 10, 20 years ago." And being able to like layer in the fact that hey, well you can't we can't go back in time, but your kids can do that. I think that's I think it's really powerful. Um, you know, we we were talking before we got we started this that we are um, we're we're launching a uh, a private Facebook group uh, at no cost. So folks who are out there who want to connect with us, 
and, uh, and, and learn a little bit more about this, uh, you can go and search for us on uh, Facebook. It's The Financial Advisors Edge. Just search for that and you'll find the, uh, the Facebook group and just just uh, put that in. If you if you don't want to search for that, just go to our the, the, um, thefaedge.com and put your information and we'll send you a private link. But Greg, it'd be awesome if um, if if you could share that that 50, 50 things because I might want to steal that. Uh, and I'm sure some other folks would, if you're willing, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but it sounds really good. Like that's stuff that that's stuff. That's a differentiator, especially kind of that person that's on the fence who maybe is not quite sure they want to hire an advisor because, uh, they, they were told by like Susie Orman, they don't need to. So that, that could be really, that could really be a kind of a tipping point to push them over, over to our side. Absolutely. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I, I, I kind of, put it together and it's, you know, 50 things. But the thing is, is, I mean, I, we probably do a hundred things. Uh, right. Jeff, I know with some of your team members, you, uh, you have them put together a list of all the things that they do, you know, day to day. And, you know, we're, we're, anyway, I'll, <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, I just, Greg, want I am going to put you on the spot. We want that list on the Facebook group pronto. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for Brad. <laughs> hey, I'll call it like I see it, guys. <laughs> see if I can find it, Brad. <laughs> you better find it, buddy. <laughs> to, to go back to what Greg said, and I, I know this kind of depends on how you've positioned yourself and your relationships. Um, but I, as we're going to cover in other, other episodes, I work with clients a lot on proactive tax, uh, both uh, we can call it tax planning or tax explanation. And same would be true for estate planning or what I'd call estate explanation. And I would ask maybe you guys, if your clients don't understand something on their tax return, are they more likely to call their tax preparer or are they more likely to call you? (laughs) Because my experience tells me they'd rather talk to me because I can explain stuff to them in a way they can understand it when they're either attorney that did their estate plan or their tax preparer uh, for whatever reason, pretty consistently just can't explain stuff in a way people understand. Have you guys experienced that? I have. And, and the, uh, the CPA that I, I refer business to, he's a good guy. Very, I mean, he's as, as bright as I am and the four of us, but he, if somebody calls him up with questions, he charges them a hundred dollars an hour. So if they, <laughs> so at minimum 50 bucks. So if they call him up and say, Hey, what about Roth conversions? Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Blah, 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 blah. And then he mails them an invoice. So they would rather call me simply because they don't <laughs> want to get charged 50 bucks or a hundred bucks, Jeff. I've wondered that too, Greg, because I'll get the same thing. Now I don't, I, it's like, Oh man, that's cool. They thought of me first. Or I'm not going to send them a bill this month for calling me. I don't know which it is. <laughs> well, and I tell that to people when I explain how I get paid. You know, so it's a I quarterly mean. advisory fee, and that's an all-in number. So I'm not going to send you a bill when we have a discussion on planning. And if we're being honest, uh, when all is said and done, they're paying us a lot more than they're paying the tax sure. preparer or the estate planning attorney. Yeah. And that's for access. I mean, at least it should be. Because, um, you know, if you're a competent advisor and you've been doing this for a while, you have knowledge that's far and above a lot of the other professionals they're using. And while we can't draft legal documents or give potentially tax advice, doesn't mean you can't help with tax strategies or, 
having conversation, at least to clear it up. I think Jeff's point is, is well stated, you know, this is another value add and this is where I don't want to get into tax situation because we're going to do a specific show on it, which is going to be awesome uh, because I want to learn a little bit about it, but who's reviewing tax returns. I think that's a value add. Do you guys, do you guys review that for for your clients? Yeah, for sure. I do too. Yep. Yeah, I do. And I think to, to kind of the point you were making and what I was saying, um, I think too many people, uh, especially when if they're with a firm that has kind of given them uh, direction that you are not to provide tax or legal advice, um, you know, and some people get really hung up on that as advisors. There's advice is one thing. Explanation is a whole other thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, too many people, I think the client brings up a question on their tax return and they immediately throw their hands up. Oh, stop talking. I can't talk to you about that. And it's yeah. just wrong. It's wrong. You can. Yeah, it's like it's like compliance is going to swoop down from the skylight and grab them um, <laughs> to, to tell them what that line that line six means on the tax return. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so yeah, be accessible and provide. It's a great. It's an easy way. I mean, honestly, an easy way to provide value is just by being accessible and being ready to talk about things. Yeah. And and so Brad brought up the twenty page deliverable. Um, and I think again, a lot of advisors get hung up on that deliverable. Um, do, what are what all you know? Without getting too deep in the weeds on what your deliverables are, do you all think your your deliverables add value, and why or why not, or what are they designed to really do? Greg, what, what would you say? Yeah, I I would say when I first started out, it was just kind of the plan and everybody kind of got the free plan. And I, I've, I did so many free plans for people. So that has changed. It's, it's kind of evolved as I've gotten farther and farther. And I think better at the craft. Um, but the documents that kind of the one pagers and, and, and things, you know, I, I basically have like a tax summary sheet, one pager, I have, uh, you know, an investment, uh, I call it a retirement summary, one pager, and then, you know, um, an estate planning one pager. So I, I think a, a accumulation of those, I, I think it's, it's, and I can tell by the reaction that people have, they're, they're impressed. They're very impressed. So I think we can probably share those as if, if we, um, I know we've kind of talked, talked about having like a, a mastermind, like retreat, um, you know, for all the listeners of this podcast and we can kind of share our deliverables, um, because I, would like to see some of, you know, what you guys are using. I'd be happy to share some of mine. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and Jeff, the way we do it is, um, you know, we, we do a, a two appointment close when we're meeting with a prospect. So we, we do a discovery meeting. And then we show them where our value is and what we think we can do for them. And we've built uh, about 80% of a plan at that point, And we're happy to show them a little bit. It's usually a one pager. And then behind the one pager, we've got a, uh, and we do this on a big screen um, behind that on another tab, we have the the full blown retirement plan, but we, we're not going to commit serious amounts of time to somebody who hasn't paid us. Um, you know, I, I think, I think Brad has said this on the show and I, I, I've, it really means something that you, you don't go to an attorney. He's not going to create like your will for you before you come in. So you can review it and then decide if you want to pay or not. So, you know, we, we do the same thing. And then, um, but we use the plan, not as a, not as a deliverable in the, to get a client to, or a prospect to work with us, but more as a, uh, a kind of a kickoff on our, our annual reviews, our strategy sessions. So every time a client comes into our office, we've got the plan on the, on the screen and we just go through this process of updating the plan because it gets people out of the conversation of having to talk about markets 
And it gives them confidence to know that even in a down market, that they're still, they, they still don't see red on their plan. They still have a, a 90% probability of success. So we, we use the plan as the cornerstone of the relationship going forward, but not as the, uh, not as the, not as the deliverable to get them to work with us. And I, it does add value because it gives clients this massive peace of mind that you can tell them they're going to be okay, but seeing it on some, some third party software that's, that's that's that is just there. It, it just means something to them. So that's a huge value add for us. And what we do is we um every year when they come in, we ask them to bring a folder. We've got a three ring binder that we put the plan in. We ask them to bring that. We rip out the old plan. We print the new one. We stick it in there, and we go. The other value of that, and and I don't want to I don't want to take up too much time talking about it. But the other value of that is when you're updating the plan, you will find out if they have assets other places. You're going to find out if they got too much money in cash, if they got an old 401k over at Eddie's uh, or wherever it is. And, you you know, that's a great opportunity to make the pitch for it because nobody else is doing what, what we do if you do it right, for sure. One thing I'll interject there, which is incredible, Jim, you just pointed out, we always go over the net worth statement with people and it's going to say liabilities and all that. And you got to ask, you don't have to, but you should ask. Is there anything that has changed since the last time? Oh, yeah, we got a car loan. We got this. We inherited dad's IRA. And it's just the next, if there are any accounts missing, they kind of feel the urge to, well, that's not right. You're not including this account. You're not including this account. And it's like, okay, well, we need to update that. We need to talk about that. How can we, as, as the advisor, give appropriate, you know, best interest advice if we don't know where everything is and what it's worth? So if you're not using a net worth statement, I would highly recommend it to, to all listeners. So, and, and on that subject of deliverables, as I sometimes tell clients, I'll reserve the right to talk out of both sides of my mouth. Um, you know, we were ripping on the Ritz-Carlton thing. But if you think about the last time you bought a cell phone, um, if you bought an iPhone, it came in a box that was ridiculously amazing in the way it was put together. And it has nothing to do with the product itself, but it certainly is creating an image around the value of that. Or I think about, um, you know, I like to buy stuff at department stores. If you buy a, a shirt at a department store or a tie, they will put it in a piece of paper and right in front of you, then they'll fold it over like three times and put a piece of tape on it and put it in a box, which is all BS, but it makes it feel like it was worth spending that money. Um, you know, and again, look at some of these big companies and department stores. Yeah, it's kind of fake, but it at least does reinforce a little bit. It creates that, an experience. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You, you, our three ring binder has our logo embossed on the front of it. So it's it, it, everything. It's all a prop. Like once you come to the conclusion that you could hand this to them in the middle of a folder, it'd be the same exact document. But the prop works. Our offices are props. We all know that you can work, you can do this job with a cell phone and a laptop. You don't have to have an office and all the other stuff, but we've got to from a credibility perspective. That's all you're doing, I think. It's so true. And, and I will tell you my my one plug if you don't have a products, promotional products person, get one. Um, and it doesn't mean you have to waste a bunch of money on it. But uh, the example I use is if you ever go to Think about if your insurance agent has a crappy office, he or she probably gives you a crappy pen when it's time to sign paperwork. And I don't know about you guys, but I hate crappy pens. And people will take them. And every time they use them, they'll think about you 
And if it's crappy, it's going to create a crappy image for them. Um, and so clients with me, it's about two or three bucks a pen, but they consistently hold it up. It's just an ink. It's a pointy ink pen like this, but you can't see it if you're listening to this, but um, it's it's got a fine point and it's got roll a roller ball in it or whatever it's called. And people ask, can I take this? Um, and I'm, I say a pen is not worth having if it's not worth stealing. <laughs> um, and, and people love that. And they like they ask if they can use my pens to take home to do their crossword puzzles or whatever it is. So, again, we, we can talk. We can laugh at the Ritz-Carlton thing uh, to some degree, but some of that does matter, too, I'd say. Can I have your watch, too, Jeff? <laughs> a watch is not no. worth having if it's not worth stealing. <laughs> <laughs> I just said that because I know Jeff likes nice watches too. <laughs> well, I think we're we're about out of time, but uh, guys, let's just close this out. Brad, what would you say? What's what's a, uh, a big takeaway on how to be sure to add value or increase the value you provide to your clients? Make sure you communicate it. Jim, what would you say? You know, I, 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 I'm going to go on the same line as Brad went. I, I've got to get, um, I've got to get Greg's 50 point, um, value add that he used probably 10 years ago, and, and it worked so well he stopped doing it, kind of thing. <laughs> but I've got to get it because I, I think it's, uh, I think, I think it's, um, I think you've got to tell people how you add value. If you don't tell them how you add value, they're not going to know you had it, and it's kind of goes back to like. When we rebalance a client's account, we send an email and let them know we rebalanced it. Um, even though they're getting confirmations, we want them to know what we're doing. So I, I love I love uh, what Greg and Brad are doing there. And Greg, yeah. what, what would you add? I'm go I'm going to start uh, using that and. Um you know, the 50 things, you know, you can expect from, from your new financial advisor. But what I'm going to start doing is, to, you know, having it in my, in my packet, if you will. Um, and just point out maybe like the top five things that I think are the takeaways. I'm not going to go through 50. It's like, if they want to read it on their own, but I'll, I'll kind of highlight maybe the top five, we do X, we do Y, we do Z. And, and that's how we're different from any other advisor that you're speaking with. I mean, it can be as simple as, Hey, we'll help your kids get started. We'll review your, your 401k selections for your kid. When your son finds his first job or your daughter, you know, becomes a nurse at, at the local hospital. So something like that. Perfect. Good. Well, this was great. A great discussion. Uh, guys, and I uh, look forward to the next one. Um, so as a reminder, if you like our podcast, please give us a five-star review, number one. Second, share it with other advisors that you network with, um, because we think we've got good content here, and certainly the price is right at no cost for what we're doing. We think we're providing pretty good value at that price. So uh, please, five-star reviews and share our podcast with other advisors and look us up uh, the Financial Advisors Edge podcast at thefaedge.com, thefaedge.com. So we look forward to hearing or chatting with you next time. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the show. Check us out at thefinancialadvisorsedge.com if you want to learn more about us. If you enjoyed the content, make sure to leave us a five-star review and tell your friends about us. The opinions that are expressed in the shows are that of each host only and don't necessarily reflect the opinion of the other hosts. Like the weather, our opinions can change. This podcast isn't intended to provide tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified professional. We cannot guarantee our opinions or forecasts are right. See you next week.